0: Yo, what's going on, guys? Jack here from On the Spot Sports, and today on our episode, we have a very special guest. Our first professional athlete, Jamie Phillips, who is a goaltender for the Coventry Blaze ice hockey team in the Elite Ice Hockey League. Jamie also played for the Manitoba Moose of the American Hockey League, Tulsa Oilers, uh, t- Tulsa Oilers, Jacksonville Iceman. Redding Royals and Florida Everblades of the Eastern Co- East Coast Hockey League. Jamie, how are you? I'm good, Jack. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Let's just get right into it. Absolutely. So, for my first question, I got: Did you start out as a goalie, or did you start out start out as a player first?
1: Yeah, I actually started out as a player. Um, I, in the small town I grew up, I was I was pretty good, and um you know my my dad put a lot of pressure on me as a kid to perform like a lot of a lot of dads do and you know they see that their their son or daughter is doing very well and fortunately I just I didn't really enjoy being a player maybe that was from the pressure or whatnot but for something about being a goalie maybe it's the equipment or just just, I don't know maybe the responsibility just called to me and then you know my dad kept saying no 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 I'm not going to switch I'm going to switch and when I was about uh, 12 years old, I just told my dad that if I can't be a goalie, I'm gonna quit hockey and do something else. So, reluctantly, he gave in to my ultimatum and he let me become a goalie. But uh, I did start a little later than most. At 12, I know a lot most kids start you know eight or nine, but I think uh, I think being a player for a little bit longer helped with a little bit more athletic development. But I did have to play catch up in terms of my development as a goalie. That's for sure.
0: Absolutely, I'm in like the same boat as you were. I started; I was a forward since I was three, and then I just recently switched to goal, switched to goalie when I was 15 16 So I also got that late start. So as long as you're in, yeah, as long as you enjoy it, if you enjoy the new position,
1: that's all that matters. Doesn't matter how late, how late you start.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy being a goaltender. Oh yeah. So you played college hockey for the Michigan Tech Huskies from 2012 to 2016. And you had a record of 57-25 record. I went way in depth with that. And you had a 2.23 goals against average. What was it like playing college hockey? And what was your favorite part of playing?
1: Well, my college hockey years, honestly, were probably the best four years I've had in my life. Um, being Canadian, you know, we don't get exposed to a lot of American college sports other than, you know, football on TV or March Madness. And then for the most part, what we see is just, you know, the, the classic stuff on TV. But like, I didn't really know what to expect when I went. And I went there and Texas, a small school up in, in on the upper peninsula of Michigan. And it's actually the snowiest city in America. So that was an adjustment. But it was just, it, like, it's hard to ex- put into words how how amazing the experience is being a Division One athlete. I mean, you have, you have to go to class, obviously, and you have all the responsibilities as a student. But to be able to go and represent your school every single night, and you're playing in front of your peers, your classmates, you're playing in front of your you know, alumni that give back so much to the school and you represent, you know, more than a hockey team, you represent a whole university and all the graduates and future graduates of that university. So, you know, there was, there was a responsibility there, but it was the, it was the most enjoyable part. I mean, you know, there's no trades, there's none of this, there's none of that. It's just you and the same group of guys year in, year out. I mean, with my class, you know, some of those guys I played with for four straight years, other guys three years. And so being a part of that really builds the camaraderie, as well as going to class and sharing classes with these guys. Uh, and then my final two years at Tech, we were a pretty good team. And, and, you know, obviously when a team has success, it's a lot more enjoyable. But I think, you know, I, I, I can't stress enough out, like, how important the, the education part was as well. Plus, you have the opportunity to get education and play hockey. I mean, you can't turn it down, but it's definitely the best four years of my, li- uh, of my life so far. But, um, yeah, I can't say enough about it.
0: That's honestly awesome. Coming, I'm coming from a D3 school, so I was, like, completely different from, like, a D3 school to a D1 school in terms of, like, the like the athlete and the athletic part, which is interesting. And uh, thanks, uh, going back to student, <coughs> to being a student-athlete, in 2015, 16, you won the Outstanding Student Athlete of the Year award. How much did that mean to you?
1: It meant a lot. Uh, honestly, I, I didn't even know it wasn't award until I, I was nominated for it. It was just one of those things. I mean, growing up, my parents really ingrained the importance of education in me, and I really, I really took pride in, in getting high grades and trying to be at the top of my class. And you know, to be able to win an award that you know that shows that you know my success in the classroom. And my success on the ice kind of correlated was was really important. I really appreciate that. It's and it's a it's a big honor. It's definitely not something that's uh, you know it's something that you should rush under the rug because as student student athletes, as you know, it, it is a tough you know it's tough to balance and. You know, you're the classroom and the athletics, but to be able to, uh, you know, for me, find the happy medium in terms of getting, you know, getting good grades and having success on the ice was something I strove for. And you know, I mean, it's nice to get an award for it, obviously, but I mean, I, I was rather happy I got the grades most yeah.
0: importantly. Yeah, absolutely. Being a student athlete could be hard at times, but I, I love it. I love every part of it. So um, you also were named to the NCAA WCHA first day, first all-star team in 2014-15. What was it like being nominated for that, for the all-star team?
1: You know, it's really an honor. I mean, when a goalie gets an award like that, it's, it's more, well, it's a reflection on the team as well as the goalie. I mean, you know, if our team's given up three on O's and two on O's every night, usually the goalie doesn't win any sort of awards because their numbers don't look good. But we had a very, very good team with a lot of very good, very special players. And, you know, their success made my life a lot easier. And, you know, they, they reduced the amount of grade A chances I had to get every night. And then, you know, it was my responsibility to come up with, you know, you know a big save every now and then. And, and fortunately, I was able to. Uh, and But an award like that definitely won is more representative of the team than anything else.
0: So it's always good to have a solid defensive team. Mm-hmm. I I, w- I wouldn't know that because I face 2-on-0 and 3-on-0s and pick up every single game.
1: Yeah, that so, that sometimes isn't, isn't the most fun, but, you know, there's always a challenge. You always have to challenge yourself.
0: Yeah, exactly. I love that challenge. Wouldn't good. change it for the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's good. It's good mentality.
0: Yeah. So you were drafted in the seventh round, 190th overall by the Winnipeg Jets in the 2012 NHL draft. What was it like getting drafted by the Jets?
1: It's a big honor. Know as a kid, everyone wants to play in the NHL and have an opportunity to play in the NHL. And, you know, The draft isn't... You know the draft isn't everything, but it's definitely a big part of getting that opportunity. And you know, coming out of junior A, not and the OJ, OJHL, there aren't a whole lot of guys drafted every year, as maybe four or five. So to be one of those selected that year was a, a big honor, and to go to a great club like the Jets was, uh, you know, was just you know, stuff that uh,
0: you know I dreamed about as a kid to get that opportunity. Did you expect the Jets to draft you? Uh, no, I didn't. I
1: didn't even know I was ranked until uh, until a friend called me one day and he just said, hey, you're on the draft list. And I spoke to uh, the Winnipeg on the phone. And um, I, it's hard to tell in those kind of things because, you know, if you're going to be a later draft pick, you know, they're not coming out and saying, hey, we're taking you at this round, that round, like if you're going the first two rounds. Um, so, for me, it was just, hey, we, we're interested, and we don't know what's going to happen with the draft, so just just, wa- just watch it kind of thing. And uh, so, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty big surprise, and it was, it was nice to hear to my name called.
0: How, how was playing in Winnipeg? must have been awesome.
1: Yeah, it, the, the Jets organization and True North Sports did an incredible job, and they treat their players so incredibly well, and it's such a hockey-crazy city that – you know, from the the Jets to the Moose, and even in their East Coast affiliates, they do—they just did a great job of treating us like pros and making us, you know, enjoy coming to the rink every day and enjoy playing for the team. And you know, I have nothing but good things to say about the organization.
0: That's awesome. I have a lot of respect for the Winnipeg or- organization. Yeah, and they're and they're they're all like there's not. I honestly, there's nothing, there's no bad things I could say or even think about that for them. That's awesome. So you started out your pro career in 2016-17 with the Tulsa Oilers of the ECHL. What were your emotions like when you played that first, that first uh, pro game?
1: To be honest, I wasn't. I didn't really know. Everything was like a whirlwind. I, you know, it starts. There's a rookie camp in the NHL, and they send you down to main camp, and then they send you to the American League camp, and then they send you to the East Coast. And I got sent to the East Coast on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, and or excuse me, on a, on a Monday, and we got a game on the Wednesday. So I just had flown in. I just been trying to settle down, get an apartment. And next thing you know, we're we're starting a regular season game, no exhibition. So I didn't know what to expect. I'd never played East Coast team. I didn't even know all the names of the guys on my team. But so it was kind of a whirlwind. And to be fortunate enough to win my first pro game is definitely something that I can look back and smile on because you know not everyone wins their first their first pro one.
0: Yeah, that, that's awesome, especially that quick turnaround, just getting, getting getting the feel for the game and then coming up with your first professional win. That's awesome. So you got uh, ECHO goaltender of the month in your first month of playing. Do you remember that first month and everything that went well for you to start your pro
1: career? Uh, yeah, so we were a good team in Tulsa. We had a lot of guys that ended up getting called up to the American League that year, but we, we had started off 10-0, um, so that definitely was was a big part of it, and I I had played all ten of those games in a row, um, and that you know again like like I said before with you know the NCAA first first team you know awards like that those are for those are representative teams and where a goalie wins goalie of the month yeah he has to play well and, and make some big saves but the team is not playing well in front of him the goalie doesn't win those and we had a good team in Tulsa that year and it, it showed in the, in the awards.
0: You started your pro career ten and 0? That's incredible.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. It's, I guess it's, yeah, I guess it's pretty cool. But yeah, I started uh, started at ten and 0.
0: Wow. So, what has been your favorite moment in the pro so far? Um, it's a good question.
2: Um, it's it's hard to say right now, especially since I'm still playing.
1: But I just think, honestly, the overall experience. I mean. This is for no one knows how like I don't know how long I'm gonna play, how long my body's gonna hold up, if I'm gonna get injured one day, or if I'm just gonna not enjoy it. But I get to play hockey for a living and you know, it's a small chunk of my life and it's something I've worked towards my whole life. So I think just being a pro is my favorite part of being a pro. It sounds weird to say, but you know, I get to travel to different cities right now, you know, I'm playing in a foreign foreign country a whole new world whole new environment so and i would never have had those if it wasn't for for hockey and being a pro so i think so to answer your question is my favorite part of pro is being a pro it's it's, it's yeah. kind of a hard a tough, it's a weird answer but that's you know that's the way i feel
0: i feel like any sport anyone plays like the everyone's favorite part is the experience like for like for me cross country and track i'm on the on a D three team right now, and I just love the experience. Everything about it, its just unreal.
1: No, absolutely, and it's one of those things that it's—if you have to put it in perspective as an athlete—is you know we're not all going to be able to compete till we're you know sixty or seventy. I mean, unless you're a golfer or something like that. But and you have a short window of athletic potential to be able. You just got to appreciate it and, and soak up every single moment, every single opportunity that you can.
0: I soak up every single moment. It's awesome.
1: Good, yeah, I'm glad to hear
0: that. What do you think uh, is your best part of your game right now?
1: Um, I would say my positioning and my ability to read the game. I've always been good um, good at anticipation, reading plays, and kind of just knowing what's going to happen before it happens. And that little bit of anticipation gives me just a split second to be you know, ahead of the play. And I think that's something I've always kind of had, and so I, I definitely think that's one of my strongest points. And then positioning, something that uh, I hammer home with my goalie coach, Derek bujan all the time, is just being in position, making yourself as big as possible, and filling up as low, the most of the net as possible.
0: A lot of people, when I play hockey, they always say that my positioning is really good. And like, but I'm trying to get the, like the reaction time, like just like the reading the plays all down. But I'm working on it
1: yeah i mean that that comes with experience so the more shots you face the more games you play and the more just the more situations you, you start to face your brain kind of registers and piles in all that information and so the next time you see it you see a similar situation you're able to make you know an, an educated read on on each situation but that just comes with you know
0: experience it's good to know thank you for that so you have been to a lot of different cities over the course of your career so far. What has been your favorite city that you've lived in or visited?
1: That's a good question. Um, oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'd say in terms of playing, playing in, in Fort Myers, Florida, I mean, you can't beat that weather. It was basically playing hockey on a vacation. Yeah. That was awesome. City. I mean, cities that I liked, I mean, San Antonio was awesome. Austin, Texas, is great. You know, Grand Rapids is an awesome city. Milwaukee's an awesome city. Like, there's so many. There's so many places. Um, it, it would be hard. It's, honestly, I don't think I could give you a, a number one city.
0: Where does uh, where would Chicago rank in that list? I, you know
1: what? I've never seen all of Chicago. When really? I like, played in the Wolves, we kind of stay outside the city and we play outside it. But uh, I have never, like, really taken it in Chicago. It's one of the cities that's on my list that I
0: need to actually, you know, check out, you know, in detail. Hey, next time you're in Chicago, we got to do, like, a shootout competition or something. All right, I'll let you know. All right, bet. So in your first pro year, I remember seeing you play live in Chicago against my favorite team, the Wolves. When you were with uh, Manitoba, and, and uh, you you are play you played pretty solid there. I I think, and it was really it was really cool to see you play.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I I do uh, I do remember playing that game. I I just remember that there was fireworks and everything in the intermission, and I know I know we uh, unfortunately we lost because it was it was the tail end of a three and three, but um, it was an awesome
0: arena, great yeah. atmosphere, and I I did enjoy I enjoyed playing that game. Yeah, I, I love the Allstate. And uh, speaking of Manitoba, what was it like? Or you you said or you said what it was like playing in Manitoba? What was that call up like? Getting the call up to Manitoba like from Tulsa?
1: It was uh, it was a good feeling, you know, because when you you know you don't want to be in the East Coast Hockey League, especially if you're on like an AHL or NHL deal. You want to be in the American League. You want to be in the NHL. So getting that call up, and getting the opportunity to go up and play was you know a great relief, and it was just. It was, a, it was a testament to the, the work that I was putting down the East Coast. And it meant that I, would, I was doing all the right things. And so to have a little bit of direction and make sure, like, hey, like, you're doing the right things, continue what you're doing. Um, you know, it was a really good feeling.
0: It's awesome. I have to bring this up. In 2017-18, you got into a goalie fight versus the <laughs> Milwaukee Admirals uh, tough guy, Andres Lindbach. What happened during that fight?
1: Uh, I don't really know. There was – it was kind of a, like a line brawl. We were inching close to each other, and he just rushed at me. And I should have saw it coming. I, didn't, I wanted to square up, uh, but he, you know, he rushed at me, which is, for him, the right thing to do, catch me off guard. And fortunately, when he rushed at me and started you know, punching me in the face, I didn't have time to get my glove off. So I was, I was fighting with one hand. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Uh, first time really getting punched in the face really hard. Uh, I definitely don't recommend it, yeah. but I mean, I would. I, I'm not opposed to fighting the game. I definitely wouldn't turn down an opportunity, you know, to stick up for a teammate whether it came to having to fight again. But I'm not going to be out there looking for one, especially yeah. with a guy who's you know six seven or however big Lindback is.
0: Yeah, he was huge.
1: Yeah, he's a monster.
0: So, uh, transitioning from the ECHL and the AHL, you're now playing for the Coventry Blaze of the Elite Ice Hockey League in the UK. What made you want to go from playing in the States to going overseas?
1: Um, I've always wanted to play in Europe, uh, and I just felt like the time was the time was right. You know, I mean, it, yeah, I, it, was, it was a tough decision because, obviously, you know, your goal is to always play in the NHL, and it's really difficult to come from Europe back to the NHL once you finally uh, finally leave. But I just decided it was it was the right thing to do in my career where I wasn't at the, uh, where I wasn't the moment, and you know I just I just jumped both feet into it, and I uh, don't have any regrets right now.
0: You did get, you did get called up to the NHL before, right? To the judge? I
1: I, uh, I I did, but I didn't play any games.
0: That that still must have been cool to be up there, though.
1: Yeah, it was. It was, that was a really awesome experience.
0: I can imagine. So, what is the most difficult part from going from playing in North America to the United Kingdom? Any significant differences in the game?
1: Yeah, so playing on bigger ice is an adjustment. Obviously, your angles are different. Guys have more time. The style of play is is probably the biggest challenge because in North America, when guys come in on a rush, usually they're they're what they're trying to do is get make create room to take a shot. Whereas what I've seen so far in Europe is most of the time, guys are trying to create opportunities to make very pretty plays. So, where you would normally expect, like the guy who's coming and drives on the wing, you think he's going to throw the puck on net, try to create a rebound. Instead, the guy's going to try to hold on to it, hold on to it, stop up, and then pass it back door for a back door pass. So, it's just being able to add a little bit of patience and to basically expect the unexpected is what
0: I've, uh, I've come to come to evaluate in the few exhibition games we've played so far. So reading the play is a huge uh, benefit for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just knowing that, you know, chances are that they're going to try to look and make a pretty play rather than the simple play.
0: Yeah. Uh, So what made you go to Coventry compared to any other city in Europe? Um, I'd heard a lot of good things about it from guys that I know that have
1: played there and and they had reached out to me from a few different avenues and, um, when I just came down, I just when when a team is showing that much interest and that much desire to have you, you know, it's it's pretty enticing. And I and when you hear only good things about it, I decided that hey, you know what, let's just let's just give it a shot. And the worst thing if it's if it's terrible, you know, it's just one year. But you know, it, from what I've heard, I didn't think it sound it sounded really good. And so far, I've had no regrets. It's a great great organization, great city, and I'm excited to uh, be with these guys all year.
0: This seems like a great place to play. Mm -hmm. what are you most excited for this coming season
1: just new opportunities new opportunities to play new cities to visit just to be able to enjoy you know this this chapter and experience in my life because you know one day I look back and I get to think about wow like I was so lucky I got to I got paid to play hockey in, in the United Kingdom like that's that's just an incredible thing that not a lot of people really get to do
0: you gotta have no regrets absolutely So I've always been a fan of, like, your masks and, like, the graphics on your pads, especially with Florida. Where do you you get all the inspiration for your masks, and how did you decide to put the Florida logo on your pads last year? Well,
1: when I was in Florida, like, obviously, that's an easy one, especially with Bauer's new, like, Bauer's screen printing technology, but um, one thing that, when I was a kid, you know, I was always obsessed with the gear. I loved it. I loved everything about it, and. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of goalies that like to play it simple and have, you know, white because they think it looks bigger or have good lines like this or like that. But, um, you know, if I had to go, if I, you know, I could talk to my 14 my year old self now and I told him, like, hey, I'm playing pro hockey and, and you're doing everything you want, but you have really boring gear. My 14 year old self would be pretty upset with, you know, pretty upset with my yeah. decisions. So I just think about it that way. I mean, like, again, like I get to play hockey. I get free gear, you know, I get to choose what it looks like. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to design it. I'm going to have bold colors. I'm going to put whatever I want on my mask. Like, you know, it's just, I have, like, I have the ability to do it, so I'm just, I'm going to do it.
0: That's what it's all about right there. Mm-hmm. I I have uh, the Bauer Supreme 1.9 pads right now, like yeah. the old, like, Henrik Lundqvist type pads. Those, those, I really like, the I really like Bauer's.
1: Yeah, but I like Bauer. I mean, I switched to Bauer two years ago, and they treated me really well. And it's you know, it's a great company, and you know, I really, really like you know, wearing their stuff.
0: They have quality customer service, too.
1: yeah, very good customer service. So, if
0: you if you were to give advice to younger goalies, what would your advice be to them?
1: If I was to give advice to younger goalies, I would just say just just keep working. You know, you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, when you look at who makes it and who doesn't, yeah, there are those few that are super naturally skilled and highly talented. But for the most part, the athletes that make it are the ones that just don't give up. They just keep working. They do the work. They don't complain about, you know, taking shots high in practice or having to skate with the players or whatever this or that. You know, they are the ones that put their head down. They do the work every single day and do what is the extra things that get better. And, you know, eventually when they look up, you know, they're right where they want to be. And those other kids that complain and don't want to work, don't want to put the effort in, they're the ones that, you know, they trickle away and, and they, you know, the cream rises as the saying goes. And so try your best to you know, do the work and be the creams that you rise to the top.
0: Exactly. After every single game that I play, I usually just do, I do like a few laps and like work on my T-pushes and butterfly slides and all that before. And I'm the, usually the last guy on the ice too. Good. So a few more questions. Uh, If you weren't a hockey player, what would you be? I
1: don't know. I don't know what I would be, to be honest. Um, I'd probably do something in medicine, I think. I still, that's my plan. Even now when I retire from hockey is to do something in medicine or healthcare because I I really enjoy enjoy that part of science and and enjoy helping people.
0: Do you have any uh, superstitions like during like, pre-game or anything like that um no real superstitions but I have my routines that
1: I've had for almost like basically forever that I just I like to do and I think keeping the same routines just helps get you you know into a flow state a little bit better and it keeps consistent. but nothing for the point where if I don't do it it's going to throw me off my game
0: just out of curiosity what did you study in college
1: um, I was in kinesiology, was my under my undergrad, and then I did all the pre-med elective classes as well.
0: That's awesome. So, I think, wait, a couple more, one more question. What was the weather uh, like? What's the weather like in Coventry?
1: Um, so far, it's actually been unbelievable. It's hot, like, Europe is facing one of the hottest, it's hottest heat waves ever really? Pro- most likely thanks to global warming but it's been very nice but for the most part it's it's classic uk weather where it's kind of rainy and overcast but right now we've we've lucked out with more sunny days than we have rainy days but uh, eventually it's going to turn and it's just going to go back to cloudy and, and wet any mountains up there not that i can see uh, there are mountains but not not where we are It's more north towards Scotland are you going to visit Scotland yeah, I, well, I've I've been to Scotland before. I've been to the UK before on vacation, and but well, there are some Scottish teams in the league, so that we'll end up playing. But uh, so yeah, so we'll be going
2: to Scotland.
0: I Europe seems like a pretty cool place to be. Like, I want to get there, get up there eventually. Like I kind of want to play hockey up there too. Just like if it could be just like a pickup, like at a rink or something. Just it would be. It seems like a, another like interesting like pace of game and everything like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's just one of those things where you have the opportunity to do it, do it, because you only have one life. So go take advantage of every opportunity you get. Visit everywhere you can, and, and do as many things as possible.
0: That is true. YOLO.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: So uh, I think this will wrap wrap it up. So appreciate your time, Jamie, and thank you for coming on to the podcast and being our first pro athlete ever on this on this podcast. Awesome, chat.
1: Well, I appreciate you having me on. All right. Take care
0: of it. Yeah, no Good Uh, Thank you. Good luck with the season, and uh, thanks for your support and everything. It means a lot to us, so thank you. Yeah, no worries.
2: Hey, what's going on, guys? On the spot sports here, and we're going to do another big podcast episode coming right up. We got some cool stuff to talk about regarding the NBA, and maybe even a little Q&A later. We'll stay tuned about that. But joining us for this episode as the usual, I am Tyler, joined by. And I'm Jack. And yeah, we're going to give you guys a breakdown of, like we said, uh, NBA talk today. Maybe just a breakdown of uh, maybe divisions, teams, how things will stack up in each conference. And uh, yeah, can't wait to get started. And I uh, also just want to mention that you should go follow our uh, Instagram. It's on the spot sports, all well, underscores separate each word. So on the spot sports underscore separate H words. So you can get our content and uh, follow our uh, Instagram and YouTube is very simple as well. Just on the spot sports. We got our podcast up. Our NFL one from last week is up. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy that one. That was a good one with the uh, uh, special guest, Andrew Freeman.
0: Um, that, that was a fun episode.
2: That was very, yeah. Common sense sport talk. Go give him a follow on uh, YouTube.
0: You all, all, the, all of this will be in the description. Of our YouTube so just go check out the links and subscribe
2: for sure all right so uh, we got another uh, NBA episode coming up here but this one is a little bit different so I feel like the way we timed out our first one was honestly pretty bad yeah
0: it was really bad
2: like not even in the middle just the very beginning like it was right after the Anthony Davis trade and We didn't know anything that was going to happen. I'm pretty sure we didn't know how this would all happen. So I feel like now everything's kind of, you know, the dust is all settled here. I think we should uh, finally get right into it. Um, So we're going to do maybe, I don't, maybe, yeah, like a team by team breakdown, maybe division breakdown. Definitely. I think who would make the playoffs and who will not in the East and West and maybe what's to expect from this year coming up. So, uh, you want to get started
0: on that Jack. Yeah right for ahead. sure. We should, let's start with the Eastern Conference right now. The, do you want to go to the conference or by division?
2: We can do both. I, I honestly feel like we can do both.
0: So all right you want to you we should start with the uh, Eastern Conference Central if you want to do that.
2: For sure. I believe that division is the uh 76ers, Raptors, Celtics, Nets, and uh, Knicks, if I'm not mistaken. You know, I think that division is going to be...
0: That's the Atlantic. That's
2: the... Oh, man. I'm really messing up on
0: this division. The Central. It's uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, Uh Indiana Pacers, Detroit Pistons, Chicago Bulls, and the Cleveland Cavaliers.
2: See, yeah. For some reason, basketball, I know teams in each division, I'm just like the actual names i i miss out on them so that division i don't know if uh, i'll just go first here a little bit take on that i don't even think this division is really much we talking about i feel like it's going to be maybe the same old story from last year i think the milwaukee bucks are obviously the team to be in that division no question about it indiana maybe a little bit behind them not too much but definitely milwaukee is the team to beat in that division i think The Bulls might be a little bit better than last year. They're slowly on the rise, just a little bit. They seem to have brought a little bit of justice to this young team and obviously trust new head coach, interim coach last year, Jim Boylan. So I think the Bulls might be a little bit behind in third or fourth. Detroit, look for them to be. Contenders as well for maybe that 8-9 spot, something like that. And I think the Cavaliers are coming down last in that division. I I don't see them doing much.
0: Yeah, even. so nothing's changed really really that much. Because yeah. last year was Milwaukee, Indiana, Detroit, Chicago, and Cleveland. Yeah. I don't see any team really challenging the Bucks in this division. Besides yeah. maybe, like, the Pacers. The Pacers might have a chance. But other than that, I don't see any, like, good like competition with the Bucks in this division.
2: And even if that, I mean, when Victor Oladipo went down, they were still down by a lot. So, I mean, if he's healthy, it could be a little bit closer, but I still don't see really anyone challenging mm-hmm. Book. Not, the Milwaukee Bucks. Definitely the
0: Then I think Indiana, or Indiana and Detroit, I think will be close this year. Last year, Indiana was forty-eight and thirty-four, and Detroit was forty-one, forty-one. I say that Indiana and Detroit may be like a game behind each other, one or a game behind one, or either the Pacers or the Pistons. I think the Pacers will come up on top, though, and then Detroit will follow. Agree.
3: Okay.
0: And then I think the Bulls will obviously do better than last year, since. They're twenty two and sixty. I think the Bulls could get like maybe 35-40 wins this year, maybe. Maybe. And then the Cavs will stay on the bottom. They had nine they went nineteen sixty three this year for two thirty two percent for winning percentage. I think that I think the Cavs will hit 23-24 wins this season. Well, I don't see them winning any more than that.
2: Yeah. Even with the addition of uh former Michigan head coach, John the who led the team to former national championship appearances, very interesting coach hire. I kind of wanted to just uh, talk a little bit about that. Uh, very interesting coach hire, you know, coming straight out of college from the university of Michigan, did a really good job of turning that program back around in the two thousands in this uh, decade. So Really interesting to see him come over from college to the NBA like that. But he's taking over a team that is virtually, like, they have nothing. After LeBron James left and now J.R. Smith was put on waivers, this team has not really a whole lot other than young rookie Colin Sexton, or I'm I'm sorry, I should say young second-year man Colin Sexton out of Alabama. Um, I don't see much from them. I mean, even with the lines experience, there's just – Couple other teams in that division, I, I still feel like are a good amount ahead of them.
0: I think also with the new coach coming straight out of college, uh, you're gonna have, you're gonna have that struggle, especially in like the first like year or two of a new coach. It's gonna be like you have to, you still have to get used to used to the the coach even after like a year or two. So I say maybe in like three, four, five years, maybe the Cavs will get a lot better and like move up to be contenders again and but they also have to like go for the trades and like sign good players as well
2: right right I think that pretty much wraps up that division what do you say uh which one atlantic next yeah I'm going to go atlantic uh, almost called so yeah that one is uh 76ers raptors celtics Nets, and Knicks. This division, I think, is a little bit interesting in a way because of all the offseason moves that we saw heading into this year compared to what we saw last year. Um, there's definitely some teams that decline, but there's definitely some teams that took a rise in this division. And uh, I honestly don't think it's going to be a, a big uh, big surprise when I say the 76ers will want to win this division. I think they got – a little bit better, uh, signing MB or I'm sorry, signing Ben Simmons. Still having Embiid for next year. Also, uh, keeping Tobias Harris was a good aspect for them. That trade kind of also came out of Noah Lester uh, from the Los Angeles Clippers. But keeping him in the in their starting lineup will be important. Also, they had uh, they also they added veteran center Al Horford from Boston, who also departed. Talk about them in a little bit. He's definitely going to help them in the paint, score some easy buckets, maybe even some three pointers, long twos. I think the Sixers definitely did get a little bit better this offseason. I think that's enough to carry them to the top. Second place, though, that's tough. Honestly, that's a tough call. Because, I mean, you got, I'd say we could all agree that the New York Knicks are coming in last. Yeah. I, I don't see them doing anything, but you got the Celtics, you got this uh, Raptors, and you got the Nets. I honestly don't know. I, I could call it a wild card. Any one of those three teams could take second place, but um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go random here. I'm gonna say Boston gets second. Um, adding Kemba Walker, I feel like was. I wouldn't call it a huge step up from Kyrie Irving, but I wouldn't really call it a massive, massive step down either. Um, He has led that Hornet squad for a while, so maybe he can carry on some of that momentum with Boston. Uh, Him playing next to Gordon Hayward, I think that's going to be a little bit of a deadly combo. Even Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, maybe that Boston team can do something. I mean, they never really got to showcase anything with Kyrie Irving. Maybe Kemba Walker was the right answer, but I still don't see them beating Philadelphia. I think I think Boston will come home in second. You know what? I'm going bigger. I'm going big here. Um, it's go bigger, to go home. I'm thinking the Raptors third. I'm just not really that sold on the Brooklyn Nets. I'll be quite honest, because I mean, even adding Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's out. What most this year? Yeah. He's, he's in his early 30s. It's not like he's in his prime right now. I mean, yeah, he's one of the best scorers in the NBA. But when you look back at what has gone through, the, 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 especially the last couple of years, injuries have plagued him a lot. And um, him coming back in the finals after that injury, that really hurt him because this injury is very serious. And I don't think he'll be the same player again. But now that leads Kyrie Irving to the same situation as – he's going to have to play leader of that team. And I just don't think that suits his style very well. I don't think he'll fit that role well. And that's why I think Toronto will still be, even though they lost Kawhi Leonard, um, I I still think they'll be ahead of Brooklyn in this situation because they got Lowry, they got Gasol, they have Van Vliet, they have Siakam. They still have a young core. Sure, Boston and Philly arguably got a little bit better, but, Toronto didn't. Other than losing Leonard, they didn't get really worse. I just, I don't, I just don't see Brooklyn overcoming the situation of losing Durant and having Kyrie. I'm not, I'm not sold on that.
0: KD was. I was a gutsy move by KD coming back in that championship. I mean, I do respect him for it, but it probably did hurt him more than it helped. Him. It definitely hurt him more than it did. Help, than it helped him. So. Yeah. He'll. I don't think he'll be the same the same player as he was when he was with, with the Warriors in his prime. So, and then for the division wise, obviously, like you said, we both can agree the Seventy Sixers will be will lead that division. Second place is really tough, but like I know you said you didn't want to go with Brooklyn, but I think I might have to go with Brooklyn for second.
2: Respectable. Respectable.
0: Just because uh, I think Kyrie will actually, like, fit really well with Brooklyn. And he'll, like, he'll help the team in offense. And then he'll also – I think he'll play solid defense, too. And they'll, like, help the team, like, win some more games. Last year they were 42-40, and 40, which is not that great. But I think –
2: th- you would step up for net standards. Yeah, for
0: sure. Hard. I think compared Bro- to
2: like 10 yeah. or 15
0: wins. I think Brooklyn could get 50, 55, 50, 51, 52 wins this year, maybe. Just with the addition. And then when, if, when, if KD comes back, I think that will also help the Brooklyn Nets a little bit. I mean, he may not be the same player, but he said that, KD said that he liked the system that, the Nets played, so I think he'll like really connect with that system, like really thrive with the organization. Then for third, I got to go with the Raptors. They didn't really lose that much besides Kawhi, but I still think they're they're obviously really good. Still, they got all like the players you name Van Fleet, all of, all the other guys but I think Brooklyn will just just be on top of the Raptors by like maybe a game or two or three, but that's it. And then I think the Celtics are going to be fourth, and then obviously the Knicks will be last.
2: Yeah, I think uh, second through fourth is definitely the biggest toss-up in the Eastern Conference, Um, especially in that division because I think that division could definitely put four teams in the playoffs, like I did last year. I feel like it's gonna be at least two two or three for each other division. I think that division could easily put three uh, definitely four in that uh in the playoffs. Um, but it's just a matter of what the order is. Yeah. Um, this home court really does matter, and so these guys will definitely be fighting throughout the year to get those wins and uh really claim their spot in the postseason and get higher, higher up, so they could have home court. So I think that is a huge toss-up.
0: Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting year for the Atlantic Division, just because so. two through four is literally a toss-up. I don't even know who's gonna come up, come up where. Or like, it's gonna be really close all around.
2: And we're and we're just assuming that Philadelphia is gonna win the division I mean of course there's no guarantees Philadelphia wins the division Philadelphia can come in the second or third we just both agree that you know they upgraded a, maybe a little more than that others and we're just putting them ahead Boston could easily win that division Brooklyn can easily win that division who in the world knows maybe Toronto can win it's anybody's game but the Knicks like, aren't
0: I mean, guaranteed last either they could like su- really surprise us and just go up like a spot or two. You never know until the games are actually played. Right,
2: right. It's a big players game. Players control a lot. So we'll we will definitely see with this very uh new way of playing and uh really just overall functioning
3: of the NBA what what it's gonna be like.
0: Yeah for sure. You want to move on to Southeast now?
2: Southeast, so.
0: Um, That's Orlando Magic, Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets, Miami Heat, Washington Wizards, Atlanta Hawks. Ooh. This division was actually really close last year, especially really the
2: cool, first re- three teams. Really cool but really bad. I hate to say it. Yeah. Didn't the winner last year was at like 500 or below
0: 500? Yeah. Orlando was forty-two and forty, so that's a five-twelve percentage. And then second place is four seventy-six, and third place is four seventy-six.
2: And we just said that second through fourth is the is the biggest toss-up. This whole division might be the biggest toss-up in basketball. Honestly, I mean, hell, this is this is tough. But off the top of my head. If I'm going to pick someone to win the division, it's the Miami Heat. I think the one major reason is the big acquisition of Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I think despite his kind of way of going about playing with different teams, how he's been so demanding and so just budding with everyone, especially the coach and other players, um, even though he's been like that, I mean, this is, what, four teams in two, three years. I think, um, it, like, his talent will be enough to put the Heat on top of that division because that division was so close last year, and like you said, the winner was 42 and 40. I still think adding a superstar like Jimmy Butler will be enough for the Heat to clinch that division.
0: Yeah, no doubt. The Heat, I think, will definitely come in first with Jimmy Butler's addition. Cause uh, they the, he were only three games behind the Magic last year. Like that whole division is awful. So, but I think Jimmy Butler he obviously is really talented. Like is a star in the making, or he is a star right now. And so so just that talent was bumped them up two spots to the number one spot.
2: Yeah, I think I'm gonna, if I'm going to have to go uh, second place, I'm going to have to go Wizards here. It really didn't work out for them last year because John Wall was hurt for a lot of the year, but that John Wall-Bradley-Beal connection, it's not one of the main duos that we talk about, but it's honestly one that they're always around every year. And I feel like with the uh, veteran coaching presence of Scott Brooks they're in Washington and and. I like this pick uh, drafting Rui Hachimura from Gonzaga. I like that a lot, and I think the Wizards are going to come back with a little bit of vengeance this year. I think they'll be second in the division. I think that it's going to be an up year for Washington. Bradley Beal just got a new contract, by the way. I think he also did get a max, but John Wall, I feel like he'll be healthy coming back. Uh, I I see – the the Wizards is a close second behind the
0: Heat. Yeah, all all those players are going to be like good like playmakers and like like I don't know what's the word like they're going to do like they're going to be really good and like they're going to help help the Wizards go to second. Yeah.
2: Agree. I think though, if, I, if I'm going to have to pick, if we're doing just um uh, each team pick by pick. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks for third. I think the Hawks are slowly on the rise among some of these younger teams, faster than we might think. I mean, trading up to pick DeAndre Hunter from Virginia in the draft was huge. I think seeing him play at that kind of level he was all season, and especially in the national tournament, I think that was – a really smart pick by the Hawks. And also you can't forget young shooter Trey Young. He is definitely gonna be definitely a superstar to watch out for. You never know. I think he could be one of those people that you might expect him to kind of be right there, but he could break out and be even better than people think. And uh also uh two top ten picks in the draft. DeAndre Hunter, I just mentioned, but Cam Reddish from Duke, another steal. I think, and there's more players, I just those are the top three that come in my mind right now. I think the Hawks are on the rise right now. I think they're slowly moving up. I like this Hawks team. I don't think they're going to do it this year, but I think given, given about two, three years maybe, I think the Hawks will be one of those teams that nobody really has, uh, is going to be talking about that is slowly rising in the division and in the, in the conference.
0: Yeah, for sure. For my number three, I got to go with the Orlando Magic. They were the winners of the Southeast Division last year, going 42 and 40. And they've got a lot of, a couple re-signings this year. Like, for example, they signed uh, Ken Burke to a two-year contract. Uh, they got Michael Carter Williams to re-sign. They also got Nikola Rujevich, uh re-signing on a four-year deal.
2: Oh, but wait. Vucevic, what wasn't he the one that went back to Europe though?
0: Wait, yeah.
2: Vucevic, yeah, that's why that's why I have the Magic in fourth. I would honestly put the Magic in second, but I think Vucevic is a big loss for them going back to Europe.
0: I I forgot about that. A good amount. I forgot that he went back to Europe.
2: Yeah. That's a – honestly, that's a that's a good loss for the Magic. I honestly feel a little bad for them. You can't blame them for going back to mm. his school, but that might
0: hurt the Magic a little bit. I'm still going to go with them for three. Just – Oh, yeah. I, think, I then, think they could do it, especially since they won the division. Obviously, it wasn't that good. It wasn't pretty. But I think – even though but, some teams got better, I think the Magic will just drop down that little bit.
2: They got a veteran coaching uh, – no, Frank Vogel left. Yeah. Who is coaching the Magic? Frank Vogel's coaching the Lakers now. I thought he was coaching the Magic. Uh. It might be someone else. I'm not I'm not sure. I think it's a veteran though who's coaching the uh, Steve
0: the magic. Steve Clifford know? is Steve Clifford is uh magic coach right now.
2: Steve Clifford. Former Hornets head coach too, yeah. which I think we are agreeing on this, too, that the Hornets are coming in last.
0: Yeah.
2: Division. I don't think they're anything with Kemba Walker.
0: mm They were second so, this year, but I think they're going to be last this, this
2: year. Yeah. Sad to see the Goats team kind of uh, diminish before his very eyes. And, yes, I am throwing it out there for everyone who's watching. There is no denying that he is the greatest player of all time.
0: For sure. No doubt. And then, come at
2: me! Come at, come at me all you want. Come at us all you want, but stats are stats. That that, stat,
0: don't lie. Stats don't lie.
2: That's right. That's right. So yeah, I think that kind of wraps up the uh, divisions. Maybe we should do a little playoff preview. Who's uh, who's going to make the playoffs? Mm. I'll go. I'll go first. Do you want like number by number, like one through eight?
0: Sure. Let's go that, that route.
2: All right. All right. One through eight. Eastern Conference playoffs. Seed by seed. Number one, I got to go with the Bucks. I think that's going to no be a point positive. Number two, I think I'm going to go with the Sixers on this one.
0: I, I agree big. with that one, too.
2: Division winner. Number three, I'm staying in the same division here. I'm going with the uh, Celtics at third.
0: I'll go with the Nets for third, actually. Just... Oh, yeah,
2: I think we both had the same division winners. Yeah. Uh, number four, hmm. that's tough because the Raptors and the Pacers are both right there. Maybe even the – I don't think the Heat will get that, but I'm going to go with the Raptors at four. I'll put the Raptors fourth, same division. Again, that's tough. I'll put the Raptors fourth, Pacers five. I'm going to be bold here. I'm going to put the Heat at six. Division winner ahead of Brooklyn. Brooklyn outputs seventh. That division puts four teams in the playoffs. And eighth place, Wizards are going back to the playoffs. Sorry, Pistons. Adding Derrick Rose is not enough. I think John Wall, Bradley Beal, Rui Hachimura with Scott Brooks as the head coach. I think the Wizards are going back to the playoffs. That's, That's my top eight right there.
0: All right, so my top 8. its obviously Milwaukee number 1, 76ers number 2. 3 I'm going to go Brooklyn Nets. 4 I want to say it's between the Pacers and and uh the Celtics, honestly. But or I mean the Raptors. But well, yes, I'm I'm, I'm going to go Pacers for 4. Then Raptors for five.
3: Six. I'm going to go to Celtics. Seven.
0: Seven. I'm going to go Detroit for seven. Wow. And a bold, bold move there. Yeah. Yeah. And then
3: for eight, I'm going to go.
0: I'm going to go Miami for eight.
2: So pretty much same thing as last year, huh? Yeah, that, uh, pretty much. That Southeast winner barely sneaks in the playoffs. Barely. Very, very interesting. I mean, we have a lot of sayings, but we have a lot of difference. Hey, I just want to throw this out there, guys. Comment what you think. Anything that we talk about, drop those comments. Uh, we want to hear what you guys think. Do you like our predictions? Do you think that there, that there should be some changes? Let us know what you think. We, we want to hear your guys' feedback. We love hearing what you guys have to say. So don't feel afraid to drop those comments below. And, uh, yeah, let's continue the show. I think uh, this is going to be pretty fun. I mean, the Western Conference is
0: – Western Conference is
2: staffed. They don't call it the wild, wild west for nothing. No.
0: Which is gonna be, which one do you want to start out with? You want to go northwest?
2: Yeah, yeah. Which one's that
0: one? Uh, Denver Nuggets, Portland Trailblazers, Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City Thunder, Minnesota Timberwolves.
2: For sure, I'll go first again for this one. This one, it's it's tough. Not gonna lie, it's tough. But I think, um. I think Denver will come out on top in this division, not by a whole lot. I think it'll be a three horse race, this division in the end, but I think Denver's got some depth and I think that'll carry him over the top. We got Nikola Jokic. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Big man there. Very, very good player. Um, he's going to be leaving them. Paul Millsap. Nobody really talks about him a whole lot. I think, he will be a factor again. If he stays healthy, I think he's one of those underrated players that had that adds uh some veteran presence to uh to the Nuggets. And uh Michael Malone, head coach who's kind of made a little bit of a rise. I I like that there. I think Denver's got some good chemistry. I think Denver will win that division. This is a team that I don't really think people are giving much credit to and they're not talking about. The Utah Jazz. I think they're going to take second, but I really like what the Jazz are doing this offseason. People want to talk about the Lakers, the Clippers, um, the Rockets, the Nets a lot. How about Utah? That trade for Mike Conley from the Grizzlies came out of nowhere, absolutely nowhere. I think that pairing with Donovan Mitchell, which by the way, I I love Donovan Mitchell. I think he's a really really rising superstar that. Again, people are overlooking a lot. Uh, I think Mitchell and uh, uh, Rudy Gobert, that's a very good, good young team with Conley. Total, total win with the veteran presence. And uh, Quinn Snyder, head coach, I really like what the Jazz are doing here. I think the Jazz are going to be a team that maybe can make some noise and get some offense in the playoffs. But I think they're going to be second. I think Portland's third. Like, again, I'm not trying to say that they're worse than them. I just think that those three teams are at such a good level right now. And uh, I think Portland's third. I think Lillard Lillard and McCollum is a really good pair. They're going to be working good together. They are both staying very loyal to Portland, which I love. Um, Also, they traded for big man Hassan Whiteside. Who knows? That could be a big difference maker, too. They got a big man up front that could get some easy baskets. Well done, Portland, for that trade. No one's really talking about that either. Ooh, fourth and fifth, though. I don't know. I'm just going to say, I'll be a little nice to Oklahoma City. I'll put them fourth, and I'll put Minnesota fifth. Despite the fact I think Minnesota might have some more talent, I I just don't know what's going on over there. There just doesn't seem to be really much of anything good, even though they got Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Wiggins.
0: Yeah, for sure. This division's definitely interesting. But for my predictions, I say I'm going to go with Portland Trailblazers for number one spot. They went 53-29 and 29 last year and finished second. Uh, I also really like the McCollum and uh, Damian Lillard duo right there. I think they're going to carry this team to a number one spot. They also got uh, free agent Paul Gasol from Milwaukee and San Antonio last year. So I think he'll be a big like rebounder for this team. And so that'll help them defensively. And then for number two, I'm gonna go with Denver. Just because Denver finished first last year, but I think Portland will overtake Denver this year and then Denver will drop down number two. Number three, I got Utah. Then I'm going to go with, like what you said, I'm going to give OKC the fourth spot. Then I'm going to go Minnesota for the number five spot.
2: I, I also give Oklahoma City a little bit of an edge because what we talked about earlier, I think it's coaching too. What like you mentioned about um, John Geline coming over, not really adjusting. That's actually something that I, that I was going to point out later is that, their head coach, uh, Billy Donovan, came from the University of Florida, which I don't know why, It's that's been my favorite college. He won two national championships there, uh, back-to-back actually, well done to them, uh, back sure. in the late 2000s, and uh, came straight from uh, Final Four appearance. He actually did really well transition of nba he had some good talent to work with but now most of that talent's all gone they got a diminishing chris paul that is going to be starting there i guess they got big man steven adams there as well they don't have much but like i said i think i'm going to give a little bit of an edge to okc despite talent wise minnesota might have a better team i'm giving okc an advantage because i think that billy donovan is a, is a really good coach who did very well transitioning NBA.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. He did a really good job, like, of coming to the NBA and like, doing like, like just like with all the players and everything. They he did like a really nice job of adapting to like everyone, every, all of them, which I think made the, made him successful as a as a coach so far.
2: I actually don't think many people know this. I'm gonna throw this out too. I forgot if it was after. It was after one of the national championships or something. I, I forgot if it was the first one or the second one. Um, he actually accepted the Orlando Magic head coaching job, Billy Donovan, right mm-hmm. after they won, like some either the first or second of the back-to-back ones, then changed his mind and returned to Florida. So, he almost was an NBA coach before, but... Then, about six, seven years later, he got his chance again and did not pass that up
0: for sure oh University of Florida always seems to win national championships in like every single sport. It's crazy
2: yeah yeah uh they I believe they have two in basketball. those were their first two, and I think I heard they have four in football,
3: yeah,
2: I mean that o six to o eight stretch, Florida won two basketball and two football with uh Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer, man, those are some teams.
0: I mean, those are incredible teams.
2: Tebow, arguably the greatest college quarterback ever. That's that's actually the reason why I did start liking Florida, because Tim Tebow was my favorite college football player. I'm ashamed he didn't really turn out to be anything in the NFL. I don't think his game really suited the NFL, though, that well. But I think he's good at what he does as an analyst, and even a part-time baseball player for the New York Mets. So.
0: Gotta give kudos to him playing going from NFL to MLB.
2: Well done for T Ball, yeah. He's uh he's a good man. Good man. True. Very talented though, too. But um hey maybe we should uh transition into what the next division, maybe the
0: Pacific ever. division.
2: The most debatable division, if you want to talk about from a talent standpoint, probably in the NBA. Maybe ever. I don't know if I want to say ever, but in recent memory.
0: This has been definitely the most talented division right now in a long time that I've seen. Like, from top to bottom, like, this whole, like, division is, like, super talented, especially off-season off moves this year. I'm in, I'm going to be really paying attention to this division this year. Yes.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, can
0: I go first for this division? Go right at For for the the Pacific Division, I think Golden State will obviously win this division like every like every single year. Really? Yeah, I think I think just now that I'm just like used to like Golden State winning, but I think it'll continue for like maybe the maybe the end of this year, but like next year, I think they won't be that top guy anymore. But then for number 2 spot, I'm between the Lakers and the Clippers to be honest. I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go with Clippers for number 2 spot with all the recent additions they've had. And then for number 3, I'm going to go with the Lakers. Lakers just recently got LeBron James. They got DeMarcus Cousins, right?
2: DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, um,
0: oh, Danny Green. That's right. This, the I think two and three is going to be definitely the hardest to get in this division. I say I'll either go Clippers or Lakers or Lakers or Clippers. I I really can't pick just one team to for number two. I think maybe they'll end up with a tie. Maybe who knows.
2: Good old fashioned tiebreaker.
0: True, and then I think the the Clippers will come up on top at during the tiebreaker if that happens, and then I think uh, the Sac Sacramento Kings are gonna go are gonna be in fourth place this year, and then Phoenix Suns will be last again. Yeah,
2: you know what? Honestly. I'm shocked by these picks. I did not see that coming at all. you especially those top three. I'm actually really, really shocked really? That, that your picks. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, because I think the Clippers are winning that division. No contest.
0: Gotta go bold and go bold or go home.
2: Yep. I think that the Clippers, everything's falling into place for them. I mean they got boardman Kawhi Leonard there who I think might be the best player in the NBA, showed it in the finals.
0: No doubt. Um, He's definitely the number one player in the NBA right now.
2: I think – yeah, I think him definitely trying to coexist with Paul George, wanting him to come out to L.A., I think that's going to be a really good um, team. And also, I want to throw this into – I think the Clippers might be maybe the best defensive team in the NBA because I think especially – This combo of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly. What a defensive nightmare if you're playing the Clippers. Like, that is scary good.
0: Honestly, a brutal. That's brutal. Like, if you're the opposing team, that's brutal to face them.
2: And then you got Doc Rivers over there, head coach, who has experience with winning NBA championships, by the way. Boston Celtics. They won one, and I believe it was 2008. So, I think the Clippers win the divisional contest. I think that they're going to win the Battle of LA. I am, like I said, that was shocking for me because I really thought you were going to say the Lakers are going to win that division with with how much praise you've been giving them. But I'm putting the Lakers at second in the division, and I'll tell you why. I just feel like the whole LA vibe is really high right now. I know I've made some comments about LeBron James not maybe not being everything that people say he is because his injuries and his age and his, you know, pointing fingers at other people in the locker room. I think the vibe is going to be really good on that team this year, despite all that. Um, they made some honestly pretty interesting off moves, but I think, like I said, there's just the whole vibe of that team, that fan base, is really going to bring this team together. And I think they'll find a way. Like I said, DeMarcus Cousins, Danny Green, um, Kyle Kuzma coming back. Um, I think that's going to be a really, really uh, strong. Strong, but interesting team. Uh, JaVale McGee also returns. Um, I think... Yeah, I think the L.A.s are going to be one and two, but I still think the Clippers are ahead of them for sure. But I think the Lakers will be second. I think that's from a talent standpoint, and like I said, just from a vibe standpoint, I think Lakers fans are really, really hyped right now, and I think that's going to be a huge reason why they put it, put together a great season. Um, listen, I think the Warriors are coming in third, and it's not because I think they got worse. Which I think losing Kevin Durant and Demarcus Cousins made them get a little bit worse. I just feel like the Lakers and Clippers got better. Simple as that. But I'm really anxious to see what D'Angelo Russell brings to the table on this because you got Clay Thompson out for pretty much this whole season. So now it's up to what is Stephen Curry gonna do with this team. He's been declared the leader of this team for a while now, but this is in his hands now. He's got demo uh I'm sorry, D'Angelo Russell there now, who really hasn't been put in this role in a good team. And Draymond Green, who I mean, say Curry is your leader all you want. I think Green is the emotional leader of this team. Yeah. He's obviously proven to be like a huge backbone for this team's flowing emotion and confidence. I think that'll play some role in that. But I, like I said, I just feel like the Lakers and Clippers got better enough to where they are surpassing the Warriors. And then fourth, I'm going to give Sacramento some credit. I mean, I don't think they'll be better than those three, but Sacramento is one of those other teams that I talked about earlier that they are young, and I think they're on the rise. They're just in a really bad spot right now with everything. I mean, the Lakers and Clippers – And everyone else just got so much better. It's so hard for a young team like this to make a rise when you have all the superstars in today's NBA that just come in your division and kind of take over. But I think Sacramento will be a team that fights for a playoff berth. And then I think Phoenix comes in last. I don't really think they have much going on there other than Devin Booker.
0: For
3: sure.
2: Sorry, Phoenix. Not trying to diss you out, but...
0: I think I think this division is going to be a four – like four teams in this division is going to make the playoffs.
2: It's very possible. It's very possible.
0: Now let's
3: move all on right. to the
0: southwest.
2: Southwest. Between Houston,
0: San Antonio, Memphis, New Orleans, and Dallas. Last year, the number three through five spot was a toss-up. They're all 20 games behind, 4 2 at winning percentage. So like three through five was tied. Yeah, but for like for my number one, obviously it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be Houston, James Harden. I think's gonna do what he usually does and just help this team get number one. I don't see, I don't see much going for like the Spurs to like make a run at the Rockets. Maybe maybe we will give them a little bit run, but I don't think it'll be that big of a run. I think the Rock is just gonna just gonna be like in like the sole position, possession of number the number one spot, and then I think San Antonio is gonna be number two, and then I think three through five is gonna be a, another toss up. I think I I'm gonna go with New Orleans going for three, the Pelicans, then I'm gonna go Grizzlies, and then I'm gonna go Mavericks.
2: Interesting picks. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on the Rockets. I think that's not much of a contest for first place. I don't see them going anywhere. When you have two people who are explosive scorers in Russell Westbrook and James Harden on the same team, it doesn't matter how you coexist. You find ways to put the ball in the basket and that's what the Rockets are gonna do this year. When you like so when you have Harden and Westbrook on the same team, two of the the most insane scores on Russ av- uh,
0: averaged triple doubles last year. It's insane.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that Russell Westbrook isn't even in the top five in players in the NBA honestly kinda of pisses me off because the fact that he's averaged a triple double for the past two seasons and that's just being overlooked, I think honestly it's BS because that dude plays I'll say it this dude plays his ass off like you just see him go out there and he's just like oh I don't care, I don't care, I'm scoring, I'm doing everything I can for this team
0: yeah people like, people give him so much hate, but like I respect him because he he got like triple doubles like every single game that's all he did he's he he's demanding for the ball but like he dishes he, it he out. Just, when he yeah, asked. he dishes it out when he has to. He also he go, hustles everywhere on the on the court. He wants he wants it. He wants everything.
2: That dude is a freaking maniac. I will tell you. I I I don't understand how people don't put him in top five or top ten because the fact that the stat of averaging a triple double for a season the last two years that's being overlooked. I think it's just ridiculous. Because like I said. That's doing everything for your team, and I think, I think honestly, that trend will continue. I feel like him and Harden will obviously score a lot. But
0: in my it's, in it's, my book, he's number he's number four
3: for me. Just to just to
2: kind of see where you're at. Who is ahead of Westbrook? I think I can name those three players.
0: Who do you who do you, who do you think I'm gonna go with?
2: Not in any particular order, but I think ahead of Westbrook, it's Giannis, LeBron, and Kawhi.
0: Yeah,
2: that. I, I got
0: it. Yeah. Awesome. Hard Harden's also in that in that uh, contention, but I think uh, Russ is better than Harden. Yeah. So I think Harden's number five for me.
2: Harden's a good player. I think Westbrook can do more with the ball and is able to do a lot more with the ball. Uh,
0: he, let's, move he, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Ahead, no,
2: no,
0: no, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah Russ, Russ – I was just going to say Russ is like – he's determined. He's he's probably one of the most determined players in the NBA right now. He just does everything right. He just drives and drives and drives and works works so hard. It's admirable.
2: He's a baller. He's a baller. Um. So, yeah, no doubt there that the Rockets are the talent standpoint of that division. I'm still going go to go Spurs at number two. I mean, sure, they still have Greg Popovich at head coach, but they've lost their pieces to the puzzle player-wise. Parker is gone. Ginobili's gone. Duncan's gone. The main thing they really have left right now is Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, adding DeMar DeRozan last year was a good a good thing for them. But with other teams that have just slowly come up like that, it's been hard for San Antonio to really kind of still keep it going. Like I said, I, I still think the Spurs are a good team, but, and I still think Greg Popovich is a great coach. Um, I just feel like with the way the game has changed, especially the last couple of years, it's been hard for the Spurs to keep up because the Spurs are forced to change their way of playing. Popovich's way of coaching, too, because of how other teams have started to evolve this more shoot-really-fast type of way where the Spurs really were focused on main defense and setting up for the most part. But I feel like the Spurs are still a good team. They still have a lot of talent. Um, third place, honestly, this is a hard one because – I, I think the Mavericks are a bit overlooked here. They have Luka Doncic, which which uh, he was for Rookie of the Year last year, very outgoing. I mean, that, that guy was a player too. I mean, him and Trey Young, that was a toss-up for Rookie of the Year. I really like Luka Doncic. I feel like he's a great player. But how about that Chris Dapp's Porzingis trade? I mean, when he plays, I mean, he has shown that he is very deadly on the court. So – I don't know the status of Porzingis right now, so I agree with you. I'm going to go with the Pelicans at third place. I don't feel like they completely lost that Anthony Davis trade. I feel like that actually helped them in a way because, I mean, they got a lot, a lot back from the Lakers. They got a lot of players. They got a lot of draft picks. And you know what? The franchise isn't taking me as, oh, yeah, you know, screw Anthony Davis, we lost him. They're taking it as, you know what, thanks. Thank you for everything you've done. And we're just going to build off of it in another way. And I feel like the Pelicans are doing a good job of doing that. Yeah. Uh, Zion Williamson drafted number one. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. Uh, Josh Hart also throwing in there. And then I think you got uh, – oh, who's their center? I can't think of their center. But I think the Pelicans have got a better team than people expect. but. I think they're a third-place team at best. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they got a lot of young
0: talent, too, with all with, especially with they that do. trade from loss from the Lakers.
2: Definitely agree on that. And, like I said, I'm going Maverick. I would put Dallas maybe third out of the Pelicans. But, like I said, I'm putting them fourth now because I don't really know what the situation is about Chris Stapp's Porzingis, if he's 100% healthy or not, if he's going to play. But, like I said, I think – Dallas has overlooked that Don Tish and Porzingis could be a really, really vitally young quarter with a veteran coach too Rick Carlisle still there for Dallas. Um, that will be interesting. Then last place, they're stocking up on young talent to I see, but I, I don't think the Grizzlies are going to be anything that special too. Like I said, I think they're obviously rebuilding uh, John Morant, Grayson Allen. Um, Josh Jackson from Phoenix—they're obviously rebuilding, but I don't think that they're going to be much this year. I, th- I still think they're last. It'll be—I think where they'll be at in a couple years—that'll be interesting. But I don't see them going anywhere too too much right now.
0: And definitely in a few years, they're going to be—they're going to be up there, I think,
2: for sure. All right, it's that time again.
0: 1-3, let's go.
2: And this, oh, I can't wait to hear what you're going to say because East was surprising, especially with the way you picked that Pacific division. I want to know what, what, what is the playoff picture going to be looking like. I, I want to hear yeah. yours first. All right. 1-3.
0: So uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Golden State for one. <laughs> go bowl to go home. I'm going to go Golden right. State for one, Clippers for Clippers two, Lakers three,
3: Trailblazers four. I'm gonna go Rockets five, Nuggets six.
0: then I'm gonna go I, I think Sacramento's gonna squeeze in there for number seven. wait actually actually I'll go jazz seven. And then I'll go Sacramento is just going to squeeze in there at eight.
2: Wow. So one team in that – was it the Southwest Division? Yeah. One team makes it in. Very interesting. I think easy number one, best team in the league this year, Los Angeles Clippers are taking home the wild, wild West title. Clippers won. I'm going to go – I'm going to go Denver, too. I still like that team. I think they're not going to go anywhere, either. I think Denver will be two. I'm going to go Crockett's third, Lakers fourth, Jazz fifth. Ooh, this is where it gets tight. This is where it gets tight. I think... I think Portland will be sixth. I think... I think Golden State will make it at 7th. I'm not counting them out. I, th- I think Golden State it's going to make it. But they're going to be back there. I think Golden State will be 7th. And then, oh man, Sacramento and the Spurs. This is going to be tough. Man.
0: Sacramento, Sacramento.
2: I really want to put them in there because I like the young duo, but... I really have a lot of respect for the Spurs. I, I got to put the Spurs in at eight. But you know what? I think that eight spot will be down to like a game or two. Yeah, I don't think it's sure. going to be like a blowout. I think it's going to be really, really close. But, yeah.
0: So, you're going Spurs or Kings for that eighth spot?
2: Yeah. yeah. Quick. Clippers. I just want to – I'm trying to process this still if I got every night. Clippers, Nuggets, Rockets, Lakers, Jazz, Trailblazers, um, Warriors, then Spurs. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it.
0: We have very different different numbers one through eights in the playoffs this year.
2: And I'm excited to see how it goes down though.
0: True. We we usually we usually think alike on a lot of stuff, but this is interesting.
2: There's just so much that can happen. Like I said, I mean, it's not even about like who's right and who's wrong. It's just a matter of opinion wise, you know, stuff could go down in a completely different way. For sure. So I'm totally interested to see what this brings up. And I kinda wanna see who who kinda falls in closer because I mean, we had a lot of similarities for NFL, but there are a couple differences. Um, most notably uh Nick Foles, Jaguars number one. But I think the NBA, there's especially, like, a lot of stuff happened. This might have been the wildest free agency we've ever seen. Um, And there's just so many different takes on it. You know, you, you don't really – there's not one specific answer. There's, there's so much that
0: has there, happened. And yeah.
2: People look at it in separate ways.
0: There isn't just, like, one super team this year. Like, it has been in the past. Like, I think – honestly, I think one through 16, like, one through eight, and then in each division,'s so like I think all sixteen teams will have an equal chance of winning the trophy at the end of the year.
2: agree, agree. And I think that's uh that's mostly about it,
3: right? yeah, I don't
2: really think of anything else. I mean we're at an hour here, so we're doing really, really good. uh, we got a lot in, so uh we can end it here. Yeah. All right guys, this has been the end. This is the conclusion of our two thousand nineteen NBA season preview. Uh you guys heard our opinions first here, like I said, in the middle of our video. Uh comment below what you guys think. What do you like about our opinions? What don't you like? We wanna hear from you guys. We wanna know if there's anything we could change, anything we could uh improve on and just what you like, what kind of content you want to hear from us. We want you guys to speak your mind and uh, really say what you guys think. Like and comment. Uh, really appreciate all you guys who are going to tune into this. Uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on. And again, follow our uh, Instagram on the spot sports all under uh, or, um, underscores, separate the words uh, link is in the bio. All of our info is right there, so I hope you guys drop some uh, opinions on this as well. But uh yeah. run Sports, anything else you want to say
0: here? Uh, just, like, comment stuff on the in the comments below on our YouTube. It really helps us to, like, figure out, like, what you guys want. This channel is all about you guys, pretty much. We just want to know what you guys want to hear, and we'll just record. And I know for, for a fact that we got some pretty cool stuff coming up. Like tomorrow, we're interviewing someone, or like he's coming on the podcast with someone who I work with coming on the podcast, and we're just going to sit back and just like chill, do some questions and all that. We also might get an interview with a professional hockey player, Jamie Phillips, in the next month or so. We also got some a college hockey athlete coming on. Uh, eventually when all the, when everything like cools down a little bit. So there's a lot to look forward to, but we also want to hear all your opinions and everything since this channel revolves all around you guys.
2: For sure. For sure. All right. From on the spot sports, this is Tyler
0: and this is Jack.
2: and we're signing out. Thanks for listening guys.
0: See
3: you guys.